Hey, true crime fans. I'm your host, Shelby Nagy, and I am finally back with a brand new episode on the podcast, Addicted to Crime. I know it has been a while since you heard from me, unless you're a Patreon, in which case you had a bonus episode at the end of April. But I'm finally back, y'all. I'm rejuvenated. I'm healthy. My voice is back, sort of, kind of, and I am ready to bring you another case. Today, we are going to be talking about the case of missing Chula Vista woman, Maya Milietti. As of this recording, this is an ongoing CVPD investigation. Anyone with information on Maya Milietti's whereabouts can reach out to detectives at 619-691-5139 or to Crime Stoppers at 888-580-8477. Tipsters can remain anonymous if they choose to. Let's dive into the case. So like I said, I've been out of commission. I'm sorry. Guys, I had COVID. Yeah, I know. So here, let me start from the beginning. So I was scheduled off to take like one week, two weeks off for like a scheduled break for the podcast. And I was planning on catching up, getting a whole lot of stuff done, trying to like really get ahead if I could. But then all of a sudden I started not feeling good. And I'm like, oh no, like something's going on. Went to the doctor, got tested. Results came back positive for COVID. So then I have to start this quarantining. And in my mind, I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm pretty healthy otherwise. Like, I bet you that it's going to be a very light case. Like, I'm not going to get it pretty, very bad, you know, like some people do. But I was wrong. It hit me full force. I was in bed for a couple days. Um, it was rough. Like, it was a rough go of it. And then after that, after the COVID spell, I lost my voice. Um, I got an ear infection that like got really bad and it kind of made my neck swell up and it was really hard for me to talk. So everything just compiled on each other and like (laughs) I didn't think my voice would ever come back. Like I was so upset, but thankfully, you know, rest um, through the quarantining. I got plenty of rest thanks to family who offered to watch my kids and like give me a break that was good and now I'm better (laughs) but that's where I've been guys I would never leave this podcast I never leave you guys in the lurch I enjoy it too much I enjoy uh, keeping you just aware of what's going on and honestly it's not just entertainment we have to remember that it's real people every story that you hear it's not just a story There's a mother and a father missing their child. There's a husband who's missing the wife. There's children missing their mom, their dad. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story that might not seem as apparent at first. But honestly, if you look deep down, you just have to realize that they're people. And that's just what I want to leave with you today before I get into the case. These are people, and not just this case in particular, every true crime case that you listen to or every news report that you read online or every every news station when they're telling about a case, it's a person. They matter. And we need to give them a voice. That being said, let's talk about Maya Miliete. This is a very active case. Maya went missing this year, 2021. But before we talk about how she went missing, let's kind of talk about her a little bit. May or Maya, as she is nicknamed, is a beautiful, drop-dead gorgeous mom of three. She has long brown hair, brown eyes, freckles, a beautiful smile. She's 39 years old. She has, like I said, three kids, ages four, nine, and 11. She's also a daughter, a sister. She was been married to her husband, her high school sweetheart, for almost 21 years. 
She is a full of life individual and she just seems so genuine. So genuine. So just, you just look at her and you want to be her friend. That's what I'm getting from her. And when I hear family and friends talk about her and I hear people pleading for her safe either return or pleading for her to come home or pleading just to find her to pleading to police to find her I hear the heartbreak in their voice and I know that Maya is loved Maya is missed so some of the hobbies that she has she loves playing guitar she loves singing she has a voice like an angel oh my word later I'm going to be playing some clips of her singing um, maybe just one clip, but I will tell you where you can find others. She loves to hike. Her family loves to be outside. They go camping. Um, she also can play piano, too. And just recently, November 2020, she purchased a Jeep. And she was so excited to be in that Jeep club. Like, she was pumped. She was ready for it. It was a smoking hot black Jeep. She looked great. And she was ready to take all kinds of adventures with her family with this Jeep. She is five feet, two inches tall. She's a little peanut. She's only 105 pounds. Like I said, this is her description. I just want to give you her description one more time. She has brown hair, brown eyes, freckles. And she has a wrist and shoulder tattoo of music notes and a hummingbird. So now let's talk about um, maybe some of the events leading up to her disappearance. The year before her disappearance, she disappeared on January 7th. That's the last time anyone saw her, anyone in her family saw her. The year leading up to that, she was reportedly having problems with her spouse. And now, you know, that's like pretty normal. Like some marriages can have problems. Most marriages have some kind of problems. And that's kind of was the feeling that I got when I started researching this case. But as I was digging deeper and listening to more and more um, information about her and her husband, Larry Miliette, and as I was reading more articles, watching more reports, it seemed like more than just problems. Now, I want to come straight out and say, and I'm going to mention this several times during this episode, but no person of interest has been declared about this case. The husband, Larry Miliette, has never been formally charged with anything related to her disappearance, and the police haven't even said that there is a crime here. So all that in the beginning that I just told you about what a great person she is, you know, she's got children, you know, she's got a loving family, she's got responsibilities, she she works, and she's gone, how is there no crime? That's the question here, like, what are police seeing that we're not seeing? Or what are they not saying that we're waiting for? Okay, um, that, that aside, let's talk about um, the day she went missing. So, she was last seen, according to the website findmyameliete.com, she was last seen at her home at approximately 5 p.m. that night, January 7th. Now, from what we know from this article... There's video footage of her retrieving an item from her car. So she leaves her home, gets something out of her car, and walks back into the house. And that's it. That's the last time we see her. That's the last time anyone hears from her. Her credit card hasn't been used. Her, uh, her, um, we don't know where her, like, her driver's license is. We don't know where the credit cards even are. And we don't even know where her phone is. When people try to call her phone, it just goes straight to voicemail. So it's either turned off or dead or whatever. So that's it. 5 p.m. January 7th, she just falls off the map. Now, according to her husband, Larry Miliette, he admits to sources that Thursday, so she disappears on Friday, so the day before, January 6th, they had a fight. And he says that they had a fight and um, it was very heated he says he did not uh, touch her, but he said that they kind of split up in the house and he left to give her space. And what the husband says is that she goes into her room and she, he says she locks the door. Okay, that's all fine and dandy, right? Like, my husband and I will, like, randomly fight. All spouses fight and it, it's good to have, like, a cooling off period and stuff, like, right? Like, yeah, this is normal. This is sounding good. But let me background this. 
the family is getting ready to leave for a two-day camping trip. They're going to go to Big Bear, and they're going to be celebrating one of their uh, child's, their daughter's 11th birthday. She's 10. She's turning 11. The family's going to get together with Maya's family also, and they're going to go camping, and they are actually were planning on going snowboarding, so I don't know if they were like going to stay at a hotel or whatever, but they were going to go snowboarding. They're an outdoor family. They were going to have a lot of fun. So I'm sure as a mom, Maya's a loving, devoted mom and wife. I'm sure she's getting everything ready. She's probably getting the presents together maybe that she got for her daughter. Maybe they're, she's packing, getting the car ready. Like, I have two kids, and if we are getting ready to leave somewhere, the first, the, the last two days before we leave are hectic. Like, I'm getting clothes. I'm packing the car. I'm cleaning the house. I'm not going to just, like, shut myself off from the face of the earth. And according to Larry, after they got into this fight... She went into her room and she stayed there for 11 hours. 11 hours. Okay, now, <laughs> when you heard that, like, what did you think? I thought when I heard that, like, she's a mom. She's got three kids, uh, ages four and nine and 11. If, if you're a mom listening, like, can you drop off the face of the earth for 11 hours without your kids needing you? My kids, my kids are young. They're two and three, but they need me constantly for everything. And that's just not a young kid thing. That's like all children. They need their mom all the time. She just does not seem like the kind of mom and all reports say from her family that she is not the kind of mom that is just going to leave her child or leave her children to defend for themselves, let alone this is before a big trip. She's not just going to relax in her room for 11 hours, quote unquote, cooling off. All right. So already we have a red flag there and it's just not feeling good. So that day, January 7th, I'm kind of going to learn, I'm kind of going to work through this case like a timeline because there is not a lot of information we know about this case currently because it is still active. I wanted to share it. I, I was going to share it actually a little later, but I wanted to bump it up because the family is really trying to get publicity for her and really trying to keep the case alive. So I want to talk about it now. And I bumped it up kind of on my list of cases that I'm going to talk about because we have to find her. Okay. We have got to find her. So working through like a timeline, we started January 7th, the 5 p.m. January 7th, she went to her car. There's actually video footage of that. We've seen that. Police have confirmed that's the last time she was seen. The next day, January 8th, Maya's sister, Mary Chris, she was confused because she couldn't get a hold of her sister, right? Like Maya and her and uh, possibly her mom and dad, they're planning on going on this trip. So like you're texting back and forth. Mary Chris has said in interviews that her family is very close. They talk all the time. It's very, very strange to not hear from her, especially for this long period. So January 8th, Maya actually talks to Larry and she's like, hey, like, where is, where is Maya? This is weird. This is not normal. We need to contact police to help us find her. Something's wrong. Something's off. Larry's like, oh yeah, sure. Like, I agree. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, he says though that he's going to wait until the next morning, about five in the morning, the next morning to see if she turns up and then he'll call police okay, not a big problem. Um, Maya's family's thinking maybe he knows something that we don't. Uh, maybe they're going to do a fight. She's going to stay at a hotel, whatever. So they wait uh, for that time. But when that time comes, he doesn't call the police. And Mary Chris again is like, hello, you know, this is serious. We have to find her. Doesn't call police, nothing. So finally, Mary Chris calls the police. And she calls the police at on January 9th at 11.18 p.m. And that's Mary Chris Juliet. She calls the Chula Vista police to report her sister as missing. Finally, okay, police are alerted. They come quick. So 11.18 p.m. Um, on the 9th, she calls. They arrive the next day only a couple hours into the next morning at 1 a.m. So their response time is fantastic. They check around the house. Maya's car is still at her home, but like I said earlier, phone calls are going straight to voicemail, so what's going on? And officers agree that something's wrong. This It's just not normal behavior. 
And also, like I said, the last footage, the last time we've seen Maya, she was walking to her car. She goes back in the house and then she's gone. So she goes in the house and disappears. Is she still in the house? Like, how did she get out of the house? How did she disappear? I feel like if she left in her car, if she was picked up by someone, if someone came and picked her up, if someone abducted her, it would be on the video footage. So why... I mean, maybe we don't know about it. Maybe police are keeping it under wraps. One other thing, I recently uh, listened to a podcast, uh, Nancy Grace podcast, um, and she covered Maya's case. And she was interviewing Maricris, the sister. And she asked Maricris, you know, the state of the home. Maricris said the state of the home was kind of, kind of array. It was array and disarray. It was uh, messy. And that's not normally how they keep their home. I mean, granted, you got children. It's going to get messy every now and then. But it was just, uh, there were boxes everywhere. And she mentioned that there were boxes because um, Larry's family used to live with them and they had moved out. So that's why there were boxes. Okay, that makes sense. Mary Chris and Mary Chris's father and her brother, they come to the house. Um, You know, they're there with police. They're like looking to see what's going on. And they're talking to Larry. They're like, okay, Larry. When was the last time you saw her? And Larry's story has changed a little bit. He said Friday and then he's gone back to Thursday night. But he said he saw her Thursday night. He, that's when he admitted they got into this fight. He said that she went into her bedroom and locked the door. They're like, well, <laughs> the family's like, Larry, is she in the bedroom? And Larry's like, probably. She's been in there for 11 hours. Is your mind just, like, kind of just, like, kind of going crazy right now? Because your wife is missing. She doesn't normally disappear for 11 hours. Like, my husband's gone for a couple hours. I'm like, dude, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? Like, I'm a nosy wife, okay? 11 hours? When y'all are preparing for a big trip? And is it just me? Or is this, like, really upsetting for you guys listening? So, the family goes to uh, Maya's room. It's locked, like Larry said it would be. They try to get in, they try to get in, and they're like, Larry, how how, how can we get in this door? And Larry's like, well, I got a key. You know that meme where it's like you're thinking and all of the math equations are like around you, you're like, okay, trying to figure this out? That's how I feel right now. I don't understand. Okay, let's just lay this out. You fight with your wife. She, quote unquote, disappears into her room for 11 hours. Locks the door. You have a key. First off, why can the key... All right. I'm getting ahead of myself. The family's like, okay, Larry, let's go in this room to see if we can find Maya. Larry's like, okay. He unlocks the door, opens the door. Maya is not in her room. And that is the point where they called police. So the family's like... Let's, let's go back. The family's like, Larry, let's call, let's call, let's call. Uh, he doesn't call. They go to the house, realize that she is not in the bedroom. Mary Chris calls police. I kind of jumped ahead of myself a little bit there. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> okay, the door locks from the outside. Like, do you get that? Do you get how that's weird? I do not have a door in my home that locks from the outside. I know a lot of older homes do. Uh, but this Chula Vista neighborhood where they live is a more of a modern upscale suburban area and it's just not seeming like they would have a door that locks from the outside unless it's like specifically put in there specifically set up that way that being said if the door was locked when Maya went in that room why didn't he unlock the door to go in to see if she was okay at least once why didn't he unlock the door when the family was asking about Maya why didn't he unlock the door when he said he would call police but then didn't why didn't he unlock the door just to check I don't know just maybe check to see if she was in there before you call police it's just not adding up it's just not making sense a lot of red flags are popping up and it's beginning with Larry I'm not gonna lie Larry alleges that uh, you know that he has nothing to do with this and he's been completely innocent all the time but there are instances where like in the beginning red flags pop up this thing with the key it's just very very it's leaving a bad taste in your mouth and I'm not loving it I'm actually hating it 
And it's not just me, too. Maya's family, they started out with full support with Larry. Um, you know, maybe there's something, some family members had, like, some bad feelings in the back of their mind. But most, for the most part, they had full support with Larry. Like, Maya and Larry have been married for a long time. Sure, they've recently been having problems. But I got a little, little bombshell for you. I found an article that said that Larry Miliente hired a hitman. I know. Like, how does that make you feel? Because that, like, like uh, again, my mind is, like, thrown for a whirlwind here. He hired a hitman because, according to sources, and this is supposedly anonymous sources, and supposedly this source said that Larry thought that his wife was cheating on him and had a boyfriend. So he's paranoid about this boyfriend, and he makes a comment like, hey, I'm going to hire a hitman, like, we're going to hire someone. And supposedly he puts out $20,000 to hire a hitman to kill her boyfriend. Now, according to the family, we don't even know if like a boyfriend's a thing. Like we don't know if she was with someone else. We don't know if, um, we don't know if it's just Larry, you know, being paranoid. We don't know. We don't know anything, but this pop is popping up during this investigation. And part of you's like, okay, was he saying that like kind of to be like a hothead, like, I'm going to take care of your, your boyfriend, whatever. You know, was he being serious? You don't joke about killing someone uh, at all because you just don't. But then, like, to go as far as joking about killing someone and hiring a hit, like, saying you're going to hire a hitman and putting a price out there, 20000 that just seems like a little over the top. That just doesn't seem like just fluff that you're throwing out there, you know, to, to just, like... <laughs> just talk like a hothead it seems more like you're gonna be serious to me but again I'm just looking in I have no details that was just according to an anonymous source police have supposedly looked at this and as of right now you know May 9th 2021 they haven't come out saying that this is even a crime they're still investigating but they haven't even said that Maya could be like in danger or anything so I'm really confused how all this can be going on and they can be saying that she's not in danger or there's not a crime going on. I'm just really confused by that. All right, let's go back to the timeline. Like I said, police get there January 10th. Maya's home was at 2400 block of Paseo Las Gatos in Chula Vista. They're looking around. The car's still there. It's so weird. Two weeks following that, within that whole two-week time frame, Maya still doesn't come home, so there's search parties, there's vigils held, the families and the media, police are searching for her. One very telling thing, too, just another red flag popping up in this case, the day she went missing, the day Maya went missing, the day, in case you didn't hear me, Maya went missing, she had phoned a divorce attorney. Now, that's not uncommon. Divorces are very common today. It's just a part of life. But the day that a mom of three goes missing, to disappear uh, after you called your divorce attorney, you know the marriage is having problems. It just leaves an icky, icky taste in your mouth. It just doesn't sit well at all with you. And, of course, the family knows this, right? And, and they're like, hello, like, what are you guys, what is? what are the investigators seeing that we're not seeing? Maya actually had made an appointment with her divorce attorney that day. And the appointment was scheduled for January 12th. And Maya never shows up for that appointment. That's not something you're going to miss, um, honestly. It's just not. January 14th, CBS News 8 reporter Abby Alford interviews Mary Milietti. So that day, there's a planned vigil going on for Maya. Just a way to remember her, a way to bring everyone together. You know, it's been a week since she's been missing. She's disappeared the 7th. It's the 14th. Let's come together. Let's throw her name, throw her picture out there. Let's get some coverage for her so that we can find her. So there's tons of people, right? Maya's family, a community, people that have been volunteering to find her. Anyone and everyone, it's a huge vigil. Abby Alford with CBS News 8 is there to cover the vigil. As she's there, she realizes that she doesn't see Larry. 
which is weird because the person who's missing their husband, their spouse, you would think that he would be there. Well, she he wasn't there. And so she finally contacts him through a phone call and she asks if, if he can do an interview with her. And I actually have this interview that I'm going to play. I'm going to play the entire interview. And it's a little hard to hear at times because it, um, she is on the phone with him and she's in the back of her News 8 car recording it. But I think it's really important for you to hear this phone call just to get an idea of kind of... just. I just want you to hear his voice, you know? I, I feel like up to now, you've maybe had this picture, this thought of what this guy is. And I just want you to hear his voice. I want you to hear how he answers questions. And we'll talk about it after I play it. So I'm going to go ahead and play that interview with her. It's Abby Alford and Larry Milietti. You can find this interview on YouTube. Um, and I'll link it, of course, in the show notes. But let me play that right now. Larry? Yes, ma'am. Okay, right there. Um, so first, when it's recorded, do I have your permission to record this conversation? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. Um, just like how we were talking, Larry, I think when, what, the last time you saw her was like last Thursday, I think? Um, visually, but um, she was in the house Friday. Oh, okay, so it was Friday. I mean, kind of just, you know, it's been almost a week now, and you haven't seen from her, you haven't heard, you haven't seen her or heard from her. You have three daughters or three kids with her. I mean, this isn't like her. No, not this long. Um, it's the concerning and alarming part is uh, she wouldn't be gone this long. And, you know, what, you guys were married 21 years? Oh, it'll be 20, 21 years, uh, May 21st of this year. So 20 years, it'll be 21 this year. Wow. What do you love about Maya? Oh, I love everything about her. She's um, very smart, um, kind, uh, you know, basically just her, herself, her personality, her smell, just everything. And probably her love for life. She loved to hike, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, just her outgoing personality. And probably a great mom. Oh, yes. Yes, she is. So, I mean, why do you think, what do you think happened? I mean, there's no reason that you can think of, of, you know, why she wouldn't be here, be here for her kids. She wouldn't miss her daughter's birthday. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to speculate. There's a lot of speculations and, you know, people kind of like throw these, um, uh, I don't know, speculations out. But right now, um, I just want to focus on how, you know, to get her back home safe and sound, and, um, yeah, that's it. And then have police given any indication yeah. at all about where she is? I know, right now, but they, you know, I have full confidence, and like I said, uh, the CVPD and the Navy, um, because they, they put maximum resources on our case, so... You know, this is what they do, this is what they do best. Um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, they're going to do their job. And um, that's why I'm really hopeful and confident that, you know, um, things will work out. How are your kids taking that? Uh, that's my main focus for now. Um, that's why I'm very thankful for um, my, uh, my sister-in-law, Mary Chris, because she's handling all this media attention. She's actually doing everything that I should be doing, you know, out there. But at the same time, I'm just making sure, you know, it's as normal, like a normal day for them. Um, you know, they do their school, their, their, mainly their main routine um, is just kept. And, you know, I've been doing this for a while since she's been missing, and she, they're still happy-go-lucky um, most of the time. I know they sense something is wrong, but, you know, I minimize that. Um, they don't really understand the gravity of it, but I know my oldest, my two oldest kind of, like, sees it. But I try to minimize the impact that it has on them. But although, even though I'm trying to do that, I notice, you know, there's, you know, they they know what's going on. Well, yeah, because they were down here at the vigil, weren't they? Yes, uh, I had my oldest down there for a little bit, and then um, my uh, second youngest had tutoring, so I had to get her to come in, and you know, and then they had piano today, uh, which they missed because I, I allowed them to go to the park. So I, and I, you know, I was like, wow. And when I got to see a little bit of it, I was just overwhelmed and thankful for all the support. I was like, this is, you know, for my wife, Maya, and it's, you know, strangers, but, um, you know, most of the time on 
TV. I mean, you see all the bad parts, but you don't see all the good, the good parts where, you know, these, there's so good people out there and they, you know, they really do care. I know. It's like, uh, you said you didn't come just because you had to, was it just like for privacy reasons or? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, just, um, again, you know, I'm not, I'm not like that person to, like, basically, you know, go out there, but, um, I don't know, just, I just want to make sure it's focused on my wife, you know, finding my wife, not nothing else. And I just don't want any distractions from that. Well, Larry, thank you so much. And like I said, I'm hoping, you know, with this story, hopefully it can be out every day. And yes, ma'am. Just to continue, you know, to see if there's any kind of findings. Because, yeah, police say that there's been, like, no digital footprints of her at all, which is really odd. Um, you know, I, you know, police just say that they have, there's no crime at all. But it's like, where the heck is she? Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, this is the disheartening part. The disheartening part is, uh, you know, it's been really, a really long time, and, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's the, uh, I don't know what to uh, think about that. It's just surreal, basically. That, you know, you see this stuff on the news, but you don't, you don't know how it is until, you know, it happens to you, so. Maybe even people are fairly, you know, questioning you or suspecting you. Um, no, I mean, you know, they got to do their job, I understand. So, you know, whatever it takes, um, they have to, you know, look at any lead or, um, basically they just got to cover all their, uh, all the protocols and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's part of the job, I guess. What about the public that don't even know you? Yeah, that's the thing about the media part, you know, um, it's upsetting sometimes that, you know, people, you know, make implications and it's, uh, you know, without even asking, you know, like domestic violence, I'm like, really? I guess her brothers are here, her three brothers, and they know uh, our relationship. I've, I've always been open to the family about our relationship and they know I've never touched a sister. So they're like, yeah, the media is, sometimes they don't get their story straight before putting it out there. Or it's just maybe, uh, un, you know, unresponsible uh, journalist or whatever, but we get it. I mean, you know, whatever makes the biggest impact um, to get the story or get the viewer's attention. So, again, it's a double-edged sword. Um, you get the viewer's attention, you get their interest, and, you know, you get the story out. They're like, oh, I'm interested. Now they're following it, you know? And I'm thankful for that because whatever promotes uh, helping find my wife, Maya, you know, um, whatever it takes, basically. So, um, like my sister-in-law said, she doesn't care what it takes just as long as she comes home safe, and I agree. And said, so, you know what, you just do what you got to do, you know, and, and even though, you know, um, uh, you know, some of it's not all good, whatever, like I said, whatever it takes to bring her home, it's, it's uh, you know, you do what you got to do. And Mary Chris, you know, she's really, really doing it. Like, she's out there uh, talking and talking to all the media, getting it uh, promoted. So, you know, hopefully we get some kind of tip or help and, you know, get her back home. Well, thank you, Larry. I appreciate um, talking to you, and thank you for talking to me about her, and like I said, I hope yeah. you just keep the story out here. Okay, thank you, Abby. Hopefully. appreciate it. All right, thank you, Larry, and try to get some help if you can. Yes, ma'am. Good night. All right, so what did you think about that interview? I know it was long, but like I said, I thought it was important to play it. There's a couple things that kind of that I thought of one of the things is just like he seems very calm um but that could be normal you know everyone responds differently to under stress and stuff but he mentions how he's so excited for the exposure like or not excited but he's happy for the exposure he's happy that his wife's out there and stuff but yet he's not the one doing the interviews my sister is and at the same time he didn't even go to the vigil you think that it just it blows my mind like I know he mentions for emotional reasons and privacy reasons he didn't go but it, it just blows my mind that your spouse goes missing and you're not moving heaven and earth to find her and I understand I do understand that he has children I understand that they have to be the first priority once your spouse is gone you have to focus on the kids great yeah this is good I agree I have children I agree 
but you don't just like move on with life like everything's normal you have to you just gotta go out there and search parties and larry Melliette as of as of 5 9 21 may 9th 2021 he has not gone on a single search party to find her he has not gone to a single vigil and as of now he has lawyered up police are saying that he is not cooperating right now he's lawyered up he's not doing any more interviews it's getting really suspicious all right so that interview was january 14th 2021 let's keep going with the timeline january 23rd we finally get a search warrant january 23rd cvpd at lieutenant marion fox says that investigators served the warrant at maya's home basically what they're looking for is any suggestive evidence that could just point to what happened point to clues about what went on they said in a quote quote the chula vista police department's focus will continue to be locating my safe and in very good health end quote and at this time january 23rd the family's been cooperative larry's been cooperative now what i did i kind of jumped out of order a little bit but i wanted you to know about the hitman and i wanted you to know about Larry's behavior before you listen to his interview and before all this kind of just to have the background in your mind that all right so he's saying all this in the beginning but yet we find out later he does xyz you know what I mean so that's kind of why I jumped out of order for that a little bit moving on February 4th they've been looking for her about a month Maricris has done interviews left and right trying to find her um, she's just trying to get her sister out there. There's missing persons posters all over the area. They're looking up in the hills, the walking trails by the home. Um, Mount St. Miguel Park is right next to where Maya's home is. The family goes there often. And so they're looking in there to see if she had maybe taken a walk or to see if she can be located. No clue. Uh, no clues have come about as of February 4th. And we also find out from Mayor Chris in this interview with NBC7 that Larry Miglietti gets a lawyer now. So this is when he gets the lawyer. She goes missing January 7th, February 4th. He's got the lawyer. He's insisting himself from his wife's family. Um, I heard that Mayor Chris and her husband, they had a party for one of their children. They are invited, you know, this is more recent they're inviting um, Larry and the kids. They're like, hey, why don't you just come over? Like, bring the kids over. You know, we'll spend some time together. Family time is good. Nothing. Radio silence on his end. He doesn't even talk to them anymore. And the kids are currently with him right now. So, I don't know. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Okay. Larry Maliette distances himself from the family. We're back to February 5th. Again, more of Maya's family showing up in the press. They're pleading for her to the public to return home. And I'm just going to read um, a quote from Maricris. I'm pleading. Anyone out there, please, anybody, somewhere, somehow, might know where my sister's whereabouts are. Please bring her home. Her kids, they need their mom. Please help us find my sister. Anyone out there, if you have any information at all, please help me. Help us find my sister, and from the bottom of our hearts, please, we thank you, we thank you, and we thank you, end quote. Maya's brother-in-law, Richard, I believe he is Mayor Chris's husband, said, quote, it's unthinkable, it's agonizing. Every day, it's just a terrible feeling, end quote. Like I said earlier, Maya disappearing is uncharacteristic of her. She has never, ever disappeared for any substantial amount of time at all and the family's holding out hope but as it goes on and on they're just losing more and more hope that she's going to be found and she's going to be okay we get a statement from the cvpd february 16th um this is when they say there are no known suspects in maya's disappearance lieutenant Marion fox says then that you know larry isn't cooperating anymore and that he hasn't helped with any search parties february 28th there's two search parties in different parts of san diego county um this is the dehesa and elephant forest recreational um, reserve they stumble across bones when they're there in dehesa uh but they found out later and it's confirmed later that that is animal bones um the the support from the community is just huge everyone is supportive and that's really encouraging of course to the family and 
you can just tell the impact that Maya has had on those around her. March 7th, 2021, two months exactly since Maya disappeared. They have a special walk and prayer vigil for her at a park in Chula Vista. And again, they're still holding out hope. They're still doing everything they possibly can. The family hopes to learn more soon. There's no updates. Uh, Lieutenant Miriam Fox at that time said there are no updates, but they are actively investigating. April 1st, the Chula Vista PD, they actually serve out a search warrant and they serve it out on 7100 block of Viewcrest Drive. And this home is um, Larry Miliete's uncle, Ricker, Ricky Lincoln, excuse me, and the aunt, Kathy Fredericks. So Ricky Lincoln and Kathy Fredericks is this home. And the warrant is served out there. And they said, according to the website Find Maya Miliete, quote, about half a dozen long rifles were seized along with boxes of evidence according to neighbors who recorded video of the police activity. The video showed both marked and unmarked police vehicles parked in the street and investigators putting evidence into a van, and neighbors said officers were on scene for a couple of hours in the middle of the day, end quote. So that's suspicious, like we don't, but we don't hear kind of anything uh, from that. And obviously police have to keep stuff that's close to the chest, it's an active investigation, so maybe that's what's going on, but it's, it's still very very suspicious that they would go to larry Milete's uncle's and aunt's home april 5th three months after uh, Maya's disappearance cvpd chief roxana kennedy she releases a statement saying that Maya's not forgotten that um this case has touched them all personally that uh, they understand and recognize or quote we understand and recognize the sense of frustration from may's family and the community with each passing day we all want answers end quote the CVDPD said it is working with the FBI and in San Diego County District Attorney's Office. So all three of them are working together. And they said, quote, every resource available is being utilized, end quote. May, or excuse me, April 7th, three months exactly since Maya vanished, we get a timeline about what the police have been doing so far in their investigation. They started out with interviews. Um, and this uh, CVDPD Lieutenant Dan Peake is the one detailing what went on. And he what happened first is the, they've done interviews with about 47 different family members, uh, friends, neighbors, witnesses. They have written 12 search warrants for this case, and that includes homes, cars, cell phones, electronic devices, call detail records, financial records, cloud data, social media. And they've reviewed over 40 tips for this case. And he said quote in this press release detectives are reviewing multiple items of evidence and going over thousands of pages of data in the hopes of finding may and he said that the cvd will provide updates on the case every two weeks quote until significant information or a break in the case occurs in the investigation end quote april 11th so the day after this huge press release we get kind of um a big I would say break personally, but again, the police have never come out and say this is a big break, but news media releases surveillance video. And on this video, you hear gunshots, eight gunshots. And it's the night Maya Miliese went missing. And the neighbor who provided the video to News 8, they're staying anonymous, understandably. Um, they're worried about their safety and it identifies their house too. So this was actually recorded 10 p.m. Thursday, January 7th. So if you remember, January 7th at 5, Maya goes to her car, comes back in, and then we don't see her. And then this video is, uh, um, we hear the gunshots at 10. So five hours after we see Maya go out to her car and come back in, we hear the gunshots. That's not good. It, 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 it's a pit right now forming in my stomach. I can't imagine how Maya's family is feeling. But this is not good. Like, investigators know about this. Obviously, it's been turned over to investigators. They know about this. They're investigating it. But again, this was in April 8th. We're in May 9th now, a month after this information was released. And we don't even have a person of interest. Like, I, I, are they seeing something we're not seeing? Like, I don't know. I feel like we have at least enough for a person of interest outside looking in. Um, but yeah, that is the last update on the Find Maya Meliente website. The family held a uh, 
birthday party on the beach May 1st because Maya turned 40 years old on May 1st, 2021. They celebrated together with family and volunteers who had been searching diligently for Maya. And it's just so heartbreaking. That also marked day 114 that she's been gone. And she is loved and missed by so many people. I was just sitting the other day just agonizing over Maya's loved ones and what they must be going through and her children, especially her older children who have more of a idea what's going on. Even the younger child, I'm sure, is aware that his mommy isn't home. And it's just, it breaks my heart. May 2nd, they had another search party and that is the last update that I have for this case. I am going to be following this case. My Google alerts are turned on. I am just so... I'm invested in this case and my heart's breaking, like I said, for the family. That's the end of this episode, but I'm going to close it out with um, audio of Maya singing with one of her children, her young son. And if this doesn't get you emotional or at least make you tear up a little bit, I don't know. It's just very hard to hear. But she's a loving mother. I don't even know her personally, and I I know she would never abandon her children and her family and her life that she was so invested in. <sighs> Man, guys, what a crazy ongoing case. Again, like I said, if you have any information, please reach out. I'll include the way you can contact people um, in the show notes. I'll include all my sources. I'll include... Um, the Find My Emiliette website on there as well. They're active. They're pretty active everywhere, honestly, in the effort to find their loved one. They're active on a family Facebook page that I'll link. They have a Search Warriors Facebook page. They're active on Twitter. They're active on Instagram. They're active on their YouTube channel. Anything and everything they can do to bring Maya home, they're doing. They are doing it. They're holding interviews. They're still passing on flyers. They are keeping her memory here, and they are keeping the public talking about her, and we need to do it too. Like I said, these are people. This is a family missing their loved one. This isn't just a story for entertainment, and let's do what we can. Let's share her. Let's share this episode. Let's share her missing persons flyer. Let's get people talking about her. Like I said, if you have any information regarding the disappearance of May Milliette, please contact the numbers Chula Vista PD 619-691-5151, Crime Stoppers 888-580-8477. You can also email findmyamiliette at gmail.com and you can remain anonymous. All these tips can be um, uh, placed anonymously if you would like as well. All right, I'm going to close this episode, like I said, with audio of May and her son singing together. One quick little update before I end with this audio. I did make the decision to go to a bi-weekly podcast. I just feel like right now it's more of a hobby. It's not kind of a job and I don't want to put so much pressure on myself that I don't enjoy it because right now I'm loving it. I'm loving getting uh, cases out there. I'm loving sharing about these amazing individuals and I just want to keep it that way. You know, I still have, you know, I'm a mom and I have other part-time jobs and stuff too. We live on a farm. So I don't want to kind of exhaust myself. So I'm just going to make this podcast a bi-weekly podcast as well as that will give me more time, I want to mention, for research, for doing deep dives so that you can get deeper, more in-depth episodes. So honestly, it'll be great for you. It'll be great for me. It'll be great for everyone. So the next time you hear from me will be two weeks from now. I'm not going to have a specific day that I post on. I'm going to try to keep it towards the beginning of the week, but it is going to be, like I said, a bi-weekly podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Um, let me know your comments. Please leave ratings on iTunes. It keeps me relevant. It keeps us up there so that I can keep doing what I do. As always, you can join the Patreon if you want to financially support this podcast. Uh, the information in the show notes and on our social media, which you can check out Twitter, you can check out Instagram, and you can check out Facebook where we are. All right. Thank you guys so much going to play the audio now. I've been avoiding it, but here you go.
completely honest, I hate checking my mail most days. It seems like there's always just a huge pile of bills and credit card offers, hello, early 20s, and just other various junk mail that goes straight into my garbage as soon as I'm in my house. But the one thing that always stops me in my tracks is when there's a cute little envelope addressed by hand. I know that somebody somewhere has sent me a card and so now I just need to open it immediately and see what it's all about. My name is Olivia Green and I recently founded a company called The Stillwater Company. Basically what it is, is just a line of greeting cards and other products that you can send to people through good old fashioned snail mail and brighten their day a little bit. All of the designs are based around capturing the simplicity of rural living. Whether that be baby goats on my parents' farm, horses grazing in a pasture alongside the road, or just super colorful flowers in the summer. All the designs and products can be found on my website at www.welcometostillwater.com. And from there you'll be able to sort through greeting cards, note cards, and all the products. There's also actually digital files available for purchase. You can literally download them right to your computer, and from there you can use them for your own prints or products that are unique to you and your needs. So again, the website is www.welcometostillwater.com. Please feel free to contact myself directly through the website. I am always able to help you find the perfect collection that you love.